0: story when judea and the city of jerusalem were controlled by the roman empire the jewish people were hoping for a messiah to deliver them from the oppression jesus as he proclaimed the kingdom of god was coming and drew a massive following soon became the threat to the religious leaders and the political authority so they decided to crucify him After Jesus was crucified, according to the Jewish tradition, his body was kept in a tomb, which was a cave with a huge stone in front of it. And the Roman authority sealed the stone and put guards beside the stone so that nobody can move it. When everyone believed this Messiah, Jesus was dead. Something unusual took place on the third day after his crucifixion. Now, let's see what happened.
1: is it now? Uh, 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 uh,
2: thank you for keeping the peace this weekend, sir. Uh, so thank you. Uh, uh, I, I bring you greetings from our high priest. He sends you this letter. Respected captain of the guards I greet you in the name of our God Although that upstart Nazarene Jesus doesn't belong in our synagogue I still want to apologize on behalf of the clergy for all the disturbances this Friday I thank you for sharing our perspective that that he was a criminal who was destroying our national unity by by converting people And I thank you for restoring order using the methods of justice best known to the Roman Empire. We have always shared our information with you, our rulers, only in the interest of helping you keep the peace, of course. (laughs) As a loyal citizen of your empire, I am now sending you a recording. A a, a recording. Uh, That we have procured of strange rumors uh, concerning that Nazarene that you crucified on Friday. I request you watch it and take swift action. This is an investment of our time and energy, and I pray that it will reward us all richly as we seek to exist in harmony and prosperity. Long live the Roman Empire!
3: Recording. Yes. Check the door again. It was. It was very early in the morning, before the sun had come up. I remember the sun hadn't yet come up. We should, uh, introduce ourselves. You know, what if something happens to... to... My name is Mary, the mother of James and Cleopas, my boys. That's how I'm known around here. Yeah, there are a lot of Marys in our group. There's Mary, the mother of... Let's just... To to what happened this morning. I'm not sure how much time we have to... I'm also Mary. They call me Mary Magdalene, because I'm from the fishing village of Magdala. As Would I said, you... let's just focus on, yes, this is Magdalene. I'm not really fond of being called Magdalene. Magdalene and I, yesterday, Saturday, it was a terrible day. We couldn't talk, we couldn't sleep, and I kept thinking of the little details. It was the small things that really got to me. Like how he said he was thirsty. Why didn't we think of that? Why didn't we find some way to provide? I've I been mean, so as I was saying, we, we kept ourselves busy, making spices, mixing it with oils, to embalm, to prepare the body for burial. His mother had left with John and it was just us two who were setting out to the It was a good thing that, that she left with John. she needed the rest. She She'd been with us until the end, and um, no mother should ever have to see Being what- Being a mother of two sons myself, I know this pain. If you've carried a child in your womb, this pain is so, so, so we were walking toward the tomb. And I was so sad about something that Jesus had said, and a lot of people were annoyed at him when he said this, let me tell you, but... He said, I am the only way to God, and the real truth, and the real life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. And now, if the only way to God was gone from this world, my, my heart was broken at that point, really. I, I didn't know what to think. But and the one just... main thing to note for this record is that we were walking toward the tomb. And the whole way there, I kept on saying Who will roll away the stone at the entrance to the tomb? The stone they'd put there must have easily weighed over 2,500 pounds. I mean, there's no way that she and I could have... Can you imagine us pushing over 2,500 pounds of stone? So I kept asking about that. That's an obvious question, really. That's an obvious question, really. But we hadn't slept for three days. Maybe we should have planned things better. But the main thing to note for this record is that when we arrived, the stone had been rolled away. I kept thinking how impossible it was for anybody to have rolled away that stone. It doesn't matter what we thought. There it was, an open tomb. for a second, standing outside the open tomb. I must confess, I was afraid. One of his enemies were in there, ready to kill anybody who would come. So, we went inside the open tomb. We saw a huge person. An angel, that's what he was. Just so massive, you couldn't see where he began or or where he ended, really, and and there were two of them. Oh, there was only one um, angel. Two! Two! <laughs> and... I—I I was so bright in there I probably didn't see very well. Yeah, it was so bright in there my arms were shivering in fright. I couldn't move them. Wearing a white robe. That's what he was wearing. Was it a robe though? It looked more like it was made out of pure white lightning. Like they were covered in lightning or something. And there was this guard lying on the ground outside. And I, I, I thought he had fainted. But when I went closer, he said that there had just been an earthquake, and <laughs> he was shivering like me, and we... But the main thing to note... But the main thing to note is that the angel was speaking directly to us. Do not be afraid, for I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. No, I think the angel began with a question, actually. Why do you look for the living among the dead? And then he sort of answered it himself, he said he is not here, he has risen. No, he said you were looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified, he has risen, he's not here. And then something else that Jesus said when when he was alive flashed into my mind and honestly some of us thought he was crazy when he said it, but he said that the Son of Man was going to be betrayed into the hands of men and that they will kill him. But on the third day he would rise and here was this angel saying the same thing. He is risen! My mind was spinning, but risen from the dead? We saw him dead, Magdalene, with our own eyes. And so I ran from the tomb. I left Magdalene weeping and wondering. I'm not the sort to hang around and waste time. I'm not the sort to give in to my emotions. So I left Magdalene And I ran as fast as I could to find the disciples, to tell them what we had seen. But Peter said my words seemed nonsense. I can just imagine Peter saying that. Did he give you his usual line? It's not becoming of a woman. That is just the sort of thing. Magdalene! It's not your place to comment on the men. I mean, us married women don't even comment on our husbands in public. You just can't get over the life that I led before I met Jesus, can you? I know you think your straightforward life is superior, that you've ticked all the right boxes, husband, kids, good choices, whereas uh, I am... All I'm saying is that sometimes you act equal to the leaders. What I think really bothers you, you and the others, is that Jesus treated me as an equal, whether or not the rest of you did. My past didn't matter to him. At all. He believed in me. And he thought I was as important as anybody else. I think we should tell the world what the angel said. That he has risen. Do you know how many people are hunting for us, Magdalene? So you want us to stay hidden like this forever? Just lay low for a while and then we can go about like nothing has happened. He's alive! I know it! We all want to believe that but he was stone cold dead, body broken, spear in his side. I know the tomb is empty, but who comes back from that? The son of God, that's who? You have an answer for everything Magdalene. You think it's as simple as telling people that the tomb is empty. You think it's as simple as telling people what we've seen and heard. It it is that simple. Maybe for you, maybe. But I just saw a mother lose a child and it's gonna take me a lifetime to forget that agony. And now my sons are in danger. Who could be next, my sons hanging on a cross? Some people have no empathy, that's what.
1: Rewind it. To where, sir? To where they talked about reaching the tomb.
3: So, we went into the open tomb. You saw a huge person. An angel. That's what he was. Just so massive. You couldn't see where he began or or where he ended, really. And and there were two of them. There was only one um, angel. Two. Two. (laughs) And I was so bright in there. I probably didn't see very well. Yeah, it was so bright in there. My arms were shivering in fright. I I couldn't move them wearing a white robe. That's what he was wearing. Was it a robe though? It looked more like it was made out of pure white lightning. Like they were covered in lightning or something. And there was this guard lying on the ground outside and I I I thought he had fainted. But when I went closer, he said that there'd just been an earthquake, and (laughs) he was shivering like me. But the main thing to note,
1: I've interrogated a lot of people in my career. (laughs) I'm sure you have, sir. Extracted all kinds of secrets, using all kinds of methods. Torture sessions. But it looks to me like these women are telling the truth. I know it is inconceivable, but the contradicting details. No two witnesses in any murder remember the same thing. In fact, if their details matched exactly, we'd know for sure they are lying. And the motive, always look for the motive is what we were taught when we joined the service of Caesar the Great. What do these uneducated, silly women get out of this? Hunted down by you lot, hiding for maybe the rest of their lives? Why would they risk their lives to spread a rumor that could so easily get them killed?
2: Um, just trying to follow your thought processes, hurt, sir.
1: And why here, in Jerusalem of all places, Anyone could just walk up and check out that smelly old tomb. No, if it was just a rumor, they would have started it in the outskirts of some miserable village like Galilee. And the men, people who could get some credibility, would be the ones to spread it. Who would believe a bunch of women?
2: Well, you'd be surprised, sir, the number of people that like this upstart Nazarene Jesus, thinking he can preach better than the rest of us. Some people might be wanting it to be true. Uh, It'll spread like wildfire. So, we need your help to hunt down these women and and anyone else who has heard their report. Kill them. And their lies.
1: Lies? What these women are saying is true, of course. I don't know how, but anyone with half a brain could see it's true. Have you not listened to a thing I've said? Uh, Sir, our elders have no reason to...
2: contradict you, sir, of course, it's just we need your help
1: to- It's um not worth our time and energy to hunt down a bunch of rats in hiding. The bizarre choice of unreliable eyewitnesses makes this a story that's already dead. Don't you see? No one would believe it. The best course for you lot is to ignore it. If you draw attention to it, they'll turn into some sort of festival or Resurrection Sunday. Let it blow over, become an old wives tale. Or go kill them yourself, I don't care. Fast forward to the end. Yes sir. (laughs) Look at them forgot to turn off the recording. That's how stupid they are! And look, not even talking to each other. How are they supposed to tell other people if they can't even get along with each other? End of story, now get out! It's time for my dinner. Yeah.
3: Mary, um, I just wanted to say I know how afraid you are. But it hurts when you don't take me seriously. See, I had I had something else to tell you, but I was upset at your attitude to me and the way that you'd run off leaving me at the tomb by myself. Well, I, I know I should have told you this earlier, but I saw him, Mary, I saw him. You'd gone, and I was still weeping, and I heard this voice say, woman, why are you crying? I thought he was the gardener. My, my eyes were all blurry. And so I said, sir, if you have taken him away, show me where you have carried him and I will go get him. And then he just said, Mary. You always called me Mary. Not like the rest of you. It was never about where I came from, and for him, and that's what I loved most about him. And and when he said Mary, my heart stopped. No, it it felt like it was swelling, like it was go- like it was going to burst. And then I turned, and I saw him in flesh and blood. He was there. I ran to hug him. I held him in my arms like this. He was no ghost. And then he said, do not hold on to me until I have returned to the Father. And then he gave another one of his amazing claims. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet he will live. And and then he told me to go and tell everybody, but instead I... I know I should have told you earlier, and I'm sorry, but I know how afraid you are of the authorities. What was that line he said? Though he dies, yet yet he will live. Though he dies, yet he will live? I guess... Even death isn't permanent now that he's sort of beaten it by coming back to life. Good point Magdalene. Mary. I think we should open the windows so that the world can see us. And we can tell them what we've seen. Yes. Okay.
0: What a great play. Let's just give them a big hand again. The two ladies in the in screen, they are um, trained actresses, Samantha and Claire. And I wanna give a sp- shout out to our Jade Wood and David Scott, those two actors. They are from our volunteers, so they are, they are from our ch- congregation. And you know, they they are so good. I'm not sure whether they are acting or they are just bad people. (laughs) Man, they are so good. And I want to take a moment to to show our appreciation to our playwright, Shakina Jacobs. (laughs) Shakina, we have a flower for you. Thank you so much for making this. That's a great creativity. So good, thank you. Samantha is here. Samantha, can you stand up? I don't know, oh, Samantha. Oh, she's, the Ma- she's Mary Magdalene. You can sit down, Mandolin. Oh, sorry, Mary. As you can imagine, the days following Jesus' crucifixion must be the darkest day in those disciples lives they put their hope in Jesus but now Jesus was dead hope gone they were hiding in fear some grieving women decided to visit the tomb again but they found out the seal had been broken the stone had been rolled away and Jesus body was now there and the grave clothes Jesus' body had been wrapped in were folded and sitting in the tomb so Mary's first reaction was somebody took his body that was a very logical conclusion however hey if I ever steal a body <clears throat> I will leave the clothes on him okay? there's no reason to take the clothes off a dead body when you move it So for Mary's, for those eyewitnesses, things cannot be any worse. But at that moment, in the most hopeless situation, when nobody believed in Jesus, when everybody least expected his return, Jesus showed up to Mary. I remember 12 12 years ago, I was not Christian. My personal life, both my personal life and my career hit the bottom. I feel hopeless. But at that moment, God sent a Christian into my life. He led me to this church. And then I found hope. I found purpose. I found my wife. (laughs) So parents, sometimes, we find ourselves in a situation that makes us feel hopeless. We feel, oh, things can never improve. I can never be happy again. I got stuck in life. But the Easter story tells us that in the middle of the darkest hour, there is hope. God gives hope in the hopeless. Situation, You might say, hey, Jesus was resurrected because he was the son of God. He was fully divine, but I am just an ordinary person. After Jesus' resurrection, when all his disciples I witnessed what happened, he said this to them, Acts 1 verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses to Jude- Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Basically, Jesus was saying, I'm going to send the Spirit of God to be in you and you are going to receive the power you don't have and you are going to accomplish things you cannot do. brothers and sisters do you know God were never intended for you to live your lives on your own he wants to put his spirit his power inside you and that gives you a supernatural advantage with supernatural power so that you can fulfill his purpose in this world in Romans 8:11, the Apostle Paul says If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. As followers of Jesus, we know death is not the end. It's just a transition to a better and eternal life. If God's Spirit can overcome death, nothing in our life he cannot overcome if God can bring the crucified Jesus back to life he can bring a broken relationship back to life he can bring a failed career back to life he can bring a buried dream back to life because now the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. When the same power is in you, there is hope for you. So, today, the word I want you to take away from here is hope. Hope. The disciples were the eyewitness of the resurrection, they were the eyewitness of the ultimate hope for humanity today you you and you are the eyewitness of God's hope for your lives Romans 15 verse 13 the Apostle Paul says may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit the two women discovered the empty tomb was not the end, but rather it's the beginning of eternal life. Maybe things have not been easy for you. Maybe life has not gone the way you expected. But I want you to know today, the dark place you are in is not the end, but rather it's the beginning of a new life beginning of hope because the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you when the power is in you there is a hope for you worship team please come up at the end of the conversation the woman decided to open the windows Let the light come in and tell everyone what we have seen. Share with everyone the good news of the resurrection. Today, I want to share this good news with you. If you don't know Jesus, if you are far from Him, today I want to to invite you to pray a very simple prayer with me the truth is God loves you he got a great plan for your life but hey we all have sinned we all have messed up at some point in life because of our sin we are separated from God but in God's grace he sent his son Jesus Christ to the world to die for us As Jesus died on the cross, He took on Himself the penalty for our sin. When He rose from the dead, sin and death no longer had a hold on those who believed in Him. Romans 10 verse 9, the Apostle Paul says this, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved today Jesus extends his grace to all of us here forgiveness for your past new life now hope for your future an eternal life in heaven so if it is you if you don't know Jesus if you are far from him I'm inviting you to pray this prayer with me. I will pray out loud for you. But all you need to do is pray in your heart by following me. Are you ready? Now let's bow our heads and pray together. God, today I surrender my life to you. I know I have sinned. And I believe, Jesus, you died for me and you rose from the dead. Today, I turn away from my old life and turn to you. Please come into my life to be my Lord and my Savior and make me brand new. I choose from today to follow you and live for you. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen if you just prayed that prayer, I want you to know I'm so proud of you. Your life will never be the same again. Now I'm asking you to take another step of faith. What I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. As I get to three, I want you to raise your hand up and high. I'm not doing that to embarrass you or call you out. I'm doing that to acknowledge your hand and then you can put that back down. Now I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. God bless you. I see you. I see you. God bless you. Anyone? God bless you. I see you. Anyone? God bless you. I see you. God bless you. Over there? God bless you. I see you. God bless you. God bless you. anyone listen i i can still see myself raising my hand 12 years ago sitting right in this congregation it's your moment it's the moment god bless you brother it's your moment to change your life to receive the hope and the power from the holy spirit god bless you that's a wonderful moment can we just all stand up to pray for those people who just raised their hand Heavenly Father, we thank you for those moments. We pray for those eight people who just raised their hand. They just commit their life to you. My Lord, I know it's your moment. I know you touched their heart. Lord, I would pray for those people that you will, you will walk with them. You will reveal your plan to them. You will help them understand what's your purpose for their life. And they will receive hope, receive power from you. Lord, you will surround them with the people of faith. Lord, we will work with those people. We will journey with them together. Thank you, Lord. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.